Welcome to The Butter Dish. I'm Heidi Bollard. And I'm Natalie Dulaney. And we are so excited to bring to you Ocean Trail today. So let's actually just talk about your name first, because I think people name. don't think that it is your <laughs> name. So please tell us. <laughs> hey guys, nice to be on here. Uh, so yeah, Ocean Trail is actually like my biological given name. It's not my Instagram handle. Or your, st- or your stage name. <laughs> yeah, or my stage name. It's not like a, I'm a rock star behind the scenes over here. Um, yeah, like Bono. My, or something. Like Bono. <laughs> is Bono not his real name? No, it's not. It's Paul Houston. Well, like, Share or something. Share is not her real name either. I feel like I all sorts of things is like coming undone right now. Oh my now. god! It's okay, it's okay. You're in a safe place. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're we're chuckling because people always ask who's Heidi and Natalie, and I'm always like, how many people have met like a Chinese Heidi? But apparently, someone has. Yeah, they exist. Apparently. So Ocean Trail. Okay, we would love to hear more about your name. Actually. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't really have like a cool, crazy backstory. I think it was just a crazy coincidence that my mom just always loved the name growing up. And my, my dad's last name, his surname was uh trail. So I actually was born in Zimbabwe, Africa. And <gasps> I moved, uh, yeah. Wait, you said you didn't have a cool backstory. <laughs> Is that what you just said? <laughs> uh, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, Africa, and I moved to the U S in 2002 when I was 12. So, I mean, growing, growing up there, my name was definitely unique and it was different. And I think especially being a swimmer, it was like, Whoa, ocean, ocean trails and lane four making waves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. What's hilarious about that is that my mom named me Natalie after Natalie Wood, who drowned, right? Oh. And I was also a swimmer. So I'm like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's my mom just loved the name. She grew, I grew up in a British culture and she used to love this show called Danger Bay, which was very similar to Baywatch. And I think <laughs> when the credits rolled up, there was a, a character, the main character in the movie's name in her in the credits was ocean. And I think my mom just loved that name and here, you know, it just became my name and I love it. I actually am married and I didn't change it when I got married. Um, because I just, I just, my identity. And I know everybody could say that about their own name, but I just feel like that's who okay, I am. Okay. So but what especially is your, yours? Yeah. Though. But what yeah. is, so what is your married name? Uh, sheer as his, my husband's last name is sheer. Like scissors. Um, yeah, like shearing. Yeah, like a sheep. Oh, ocean shear is kind of cool too. Yeah, though. that works too. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Well, it is a magnificent name, and as well as you are magnificent. Okay, so. so tell us a little bit about you for those of you who don't know who Ocean Trail is. You've been living um, under yeah. a rock. Um, ocean Trail. I'm a former student athlete. I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, Africa, moved to the U.S. when I was 12. Um, Very athletic. I grew up um, very athletic. My family's incredibly competitive. I think all of us were our division one college athletes. I have (gasps) have, uh, three younger brothers. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty athletic family. Um, So I grew up swimming, playing all dabbling in different kinds of sports. My parents definitely encouraged us to be active. I think, especially growing up in a British culture, it was very, sports were compulsory. Like everybody had to do it. We had different seasons. And so I think we all just, because we had to do it, we just featured and genetics play a big role in this role. Sure. I'm 5'10 and the smallest person in my family. Oh my gosh. You're the runt of the litter at 5'10. So yeah, I think just um, a bit of my background is just uh, really athletic. um, Yeah played a lot of sports. I featured, especially in swimming. Um, so I think when I was like 12, I was like, Oh, I'm kind of good at this. Um, so, uh, just kind of started dabbling in a little bit more. And, um, 
yeah, ended up earning a full ride scholarship to uh, Oregon State University where I swam wow. Division One, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think after my swimming career kind of ended, I think that's mostly what we're going to chat about today. It was just kind of like what that looked like for me. I think having a very competitive upbringing and very involved in sports, I got to this point when I graduated, like now, now. you know, my, yeah. <laughs> my, my double days are over. Like I have all this time. And, um, I think I just wanted to dive into something that was more competitive, but also, um, I found like I got to like, even though I was athletic my whole life, I think I was just kind of skinny and I never truly like found, like, I never looked the way that I wanted to feel. I felt strong and I performed well, but I guess like I wanted to look like the girls in the magazines, you know, I wanted to have a six pack. Like that was a huge thing for me. And, um, I think when I graduated college, I just kind of dove into that world of like, how do you do this? And what does that look like? And, um, actually prepped myself for my first bikini competition ever (laughs) in, um, in 2000 and, uh, yeah, 14 after I had graduated, I just decided, I was like, I think I'm going to do a bikini competition. I want something to focus on. Oh my gosh. And you prepped yourself. Yeah. I kind of did that typical, like, you know, look on bodybuilding.com. Okay. You know, five, I have my meal plan. I have my tilapia. I got my asparagus (laughs) and, uh, didn't actually weigh myself. Like just was like, I'm scared of the scale. Like I'm not going to do anything. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go based on this strict meal plan. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I was actually, you know, I've Natalie and I have talked about this a, a lot, but I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in, uh, the fitness space is like, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I love that it's showing people that lift and are active and are building muscle and pro weightlifting. But then at the same time, it's like someone who's brand new will see that and think, oh, well, I just have to do this for eight weeks or 10 weeks and I'm going to look like that. But what people don't realize is that it's not that it's actually that like for me, for example, when I did my first bikini competition and I looked amazing is because I had... 20 years plus of like competitive swimming experience. And it actually just like took just a nutrition adjustment to get to where I needed to get to. So. Well, and I want to interject real quickly, cause I'm sure, you know, for those of you listening, you're wondering why we asked ocean trail to be on our podcast is because like she said, there's this great trajectory for women who are wanting and interested in building muscle and actually having like real physique changes that they can achieve versus thinking they just need to run to create this kind of look, which I think we all grew up believing, especially when, especially if you grew up in the nineties, all the magazines told you about cardio Mm -hmm. and like how much you sweat will equal this or like this kind of fitness, you know, what was it like? Um, whether it was like Russell Simmons or, uh, El McPherson or, or who else, who else were like, you know, these like buns of steel type thing. We're talking about like the ab roller and like Suzanne Summers and things like that. We had this idea of like to create these physiques, we would need to do endless amounts of cardio Mm -hmm. and obviously eat less. But now with, Instagram and the trajectory it's gone to, it's not only are you required to eat more and lift more, but it's like, what is really truly realistic about body composition changes and building muscle and creating the air quote lean and tone look? Yes. Ocean actually is probably, and I know there's several women on Instagram that do this too, but someone that like we had come across that was so, it was so fascinating to me because not only did she practice what she preached, she has actually been doing it for Mm -hmm. like ad nauseum for almost like decades, right? Yes. As far as like from an athletic perspective. So going on 10 years, we really yeah. do want her to talk about not only her process from transitioning from like a D1 athlete into like bodybuilding and taking that on, but like, what does it really, really truly take to create 
a physique and aesthetic, an aesthetic look that you are hoping to find in like a 30 day program. Oh my like gosh. Let's, let's debunk that. So please yeah. continue with your, your history. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I don't want to give off the impression that like, I just like knew exactly what I was doing and I figured it out. And, uh, I think a lot of the beginning of my fitness journey was honestly just, it came from, it was born out of frustration of like trauma. I think a lot of, um, you know, she said our favorite word, the T word. Yeah. (laughs) Really Heidi loves the trauma word. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, in hindsight, looking back and reflecting on my life, I think a lot of, um, my eating habits and stuff was obviously impacted by my, my mom and my parents. And then same, you know, from my, my grandparent, my, my grandmother onto my mother. And so it was very much like, okay, well, we're not eating the same thing as everyone else in the family. We're going to have like diet food or, um, you know, we're, I just kind of was under this impression that I had to like not eat and then also do cardio to lose weight. And that was, you know, if I could go back and change my, childhood. Like, I think I could be a much better swimmer. I think I could have been a much better athlete and I was already there. So I just, it's kind of frustrating because I was like, damn, like I can't blame my mom. Like she didn't know. And my grandmother didn't know, but I I think for me, it's just been, it's been liberating, but frustrating. Cause it's like, ah, oh, like, you know, if, if I had just known to like prioritize eating protein and like doing less and, um, just be more intentional about like preaching to the choir, seriously, high level of resonance happening right here. (laughs) But at the same time, I think like what you mentioned earlier about a double-edged sword, I think that that's also the case too. Like Heidi and I do lament sometimes about like, man, if only we knew what we knew now, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But at the same time, it's like, we are, we are at where we are at because of the knowledge, you know, and mm-hmm. you always say, Heidi, like you can't know what you don't know. <laughs> so sometimes maybe it is like a, it's like a blessing and a curse, right. To yeah. like start or have the awareness that you have now. But I'm, that's actually fascinating. I love hearing that because it just shows that like, you can kind of make things from anywhere, but your even your initial beginning with like nutrition and like body image wasn't just like where I'm an athlete, like straight yeah. out of the gate. Right. Yeah. Like it was like a, a wrestling between the two. Yeah. Or even this, I think it's easy to assume that being an athlete that you have some next level relationship with your body or with, or with food, or you're sort of spared some of these things. Yeah. Like you're like an ironclad relationship with like food and nutrition. And like, I don't, I don't ever feel bad. Yeah. Like I can do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's, uh, getting into it, you know, within diving into the bodybuilding world, I had like these huge realizations. I think that, um, this is probably going to go in a different sort of tangent, but like, Hey, um, I, so I implemented a deficit, did a bodybuilding competition, didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, you know, I look great. I, I didn't, I kind of over my looks like overshadowed how shitty I actually felt. I didn't really realize it because I was just like, Oh, like I look great. And then, um, it took doing, I did a bikini competition placed terribly. (laughs) Um, and then I, the, a couple weeks later, someone was like, you should do figure, like you have a lot of muscle. And I was like, okay. So I did the Emerald cup in, um, Washington. It's like a, in Seattle, it's like a really big, like in the bodybuilding scene. So I did that. And I actually placed second for my first time doing figure, which was kind of a big deal for that. It was like a big deal. And so, um, I was like, okay, well, this is cool. Um, maybe, uh, you know, but I, I'm so competitive. Like, you know, if you're not first, you're last. (laughs) Oh no. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, at that point in time, I kind of was like, okay, well, there's, 
a whole thing to this. Like, it's not just like losing weight. You know, I, I, the, what did the first girl have? What did first place have that I didn't have? And I was just like more muscle. I was like, well, how do you, what does that take? And so then I ended up investing in hiring a coach and uh, that literally was like a mind blowing experience of, um, yeah, it was just a great experience. We worked together for almost like three and a half years. And, uh, it's just, um, having, it wasn't necessarily that I had a problem. I don't think necessarily hiring a coach is about having a problem. It's more about like having, having someone to support you through a process. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's some, it's probably like, I think it's like Tony Robbins or something says like the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask yourself. And I think that's so revealing of like, of your mindset that you, that instead of being like, Oh, I didn't get first, like you said, if you're not first, you're last, instead of staying in that place of like, I suck or whatever, you're like, well, what did she have that I didn't have? Like, and then you, the question, what does it take? Like, right. I think that's huge. Yeah. You got curious versus just like, I yeah. suck versus, Oh, I must redo everything that I've done in a more perfect way. Instead of being like, Oh, what am I missing something? What can I learn about this process? Like that's such a huge difference. Yeah. And, you know, I think the biggest kind of learning thing for me as well, my fitness journey was like, well, how do I get there quickly? You know, like, how do I do this? <laughs> and, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, I want to, I want to do this again. And it just, uh, I think it came to the realization in the bodybuilding world as well. I was like, okay, well, who's not like, I had never even assumed that anybody at the show couldn't be natural. I didn't know about any of this stuff. And I got whole introduced to the, um, the ped side of bodybuilding, like just through like people conversing and talking about it and, um, you know, listening to 3DMJ, like just kind of diving into the whole world of fitness. And I kind of was realizing, I was like, damn, like all of these girls, like maybe they're not, did I ever question that maybe they weren't actually like natural, you know? And, um, to be honest, like I, I actually considered, um, dabbling in, you know, steroid use. I was like, oh, well, it's a quick fix. Like it'll help me get to that point. And my husband's actually has his PhD in chemistry. And we sat down and we weighed out the pros and cons of like, Hey, like what could this look like? You know, because I was like, I want to, I want to go to the Olympia. Like I want to be an athlete. And, um, you know, obviously the juice was not worth the squeeze. It wasn't something I invested. I wanted to even dabble in once I kind of like weighed out the pros and cons, the list for the pros was like, look jacked and (laughs) everything else was a con, you know? And, um, and so basically, uh, yeah, I decided to, you know, invest in hiring a coach. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take, this is, this is a forever game. This is a year game. Like I didn't get get good at swimming overnight. I didn't get good at anything overnight. And so I was like, let me, uh, dive into what this actually takes. And I think, um, yeah, every uh, second place, like if I can, I, I competed again, actually I competed in 2014 and I competed in 2015. And again, I got second place and I was so frustrated. I was like, and I, and I came back looking even better. I dialed in everything better. I'd done, I had done like maybe three months of building after my competition season. Cause you know, so I competed in this, in this, in June of 2014 and then, uh, got second. I was like, damn it. Then I was like, okay, well, I need to go back to training again. Cause I'd actually never really lifted before either. Like I had just done swimming. And so I dove into a little bit of lifting and I saw changes, right. As you do the newbie gains. And then, um, again, I was like, okay, well I've, I died. I dieted in June. I got a couple months off building. Okay. You got to diet again because you got your show in six months. You know, you have to, it takes a long time to do the deficit. So then I did the, um, 
I did build for like a couple months, did a deficit for a long time. And I had a little bit more muscle and I was more defined and leaner than I had been before because I actually had a game plan, but um, I still got second place. (laughs) Like, which I'm only making that sound for you because I, you said what it means. The second place for so frustrating is amazing. Okay. We can't, we can't have the second place again. (laughs) And I'm glad that you didn't like rip out your beautiful hair because it is really beautiful. I know. Seriously. Yes. No doing that. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, I talked to my, one of my, my coach at the time, um, uh, he had just was like, you know what? I was like, how long is this going to take? Like, what are you going to do? He's like, the limit does not exist. Like we could just, the more time, like the more time that you can invest, the better. Like he's like the, the ugly truth. And like the honest truth is that it's going to take, it's going to take you longer than you think. And uh, Ah. so basically he's like, let's, let's do this. Let's see it out. So say that again for everyone listening. Yep. How long does it take ocean? Like 20 days? How, how long, (laughs) how long does it take? Yeah. Seriously. Years. Yeah. And when are you done? The limit does not exist. That's so that's, that's rad. That's some heavy mind altering advice. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like, okay, well, I'm serious about this. I want to make changes. Um, and so I think that was 2015. I did my last show and we were like, okay, 2018, that's when we're going to compete. So oh, no way. Window, a three year window. Three-year window. Yeah, oh that was the goal. Gosh. The goal. And, um, you know, I think a lot can happen over, you know, three years of time. Um, so uh, I was, I think I was 25 at the time, like kind of going through life, you know, figuring out what I'm doing, where am I going to be? And uh, I just, in that process of like investing and growing and building and not focusing on fat loss and just like getting strong as shit. And, you know, I really focused a lot on like performance goals for that period of time. I did. So to kind of back into that thing, I did a lot of like nutritional periodization. So I knew that, um, getting to where I wanted to get to again, by the guidance of an awesome coach was that, Hey, you know, we're going to do, we're going to build for a period of time. And then we're going to do just either a mini cut or, you know, eight to 12 week kind of something to just kind of clean up the fat a little bit because I knew that like, because I was also kind of an advanced training in terms of like muscle development. And, um, you know, I was like, I could do this at maintenance, but I'd be, I would be better at doing it at a bit of a surplus. And it's not as big of a surplus as people may think. Like I definitely did one of those, like the, the dirty bulk, like IFYM kind of situation. Yes. That was like my first time. And tell us what a, tell us what a dirty bulk is for everyone who doesn't know what a dirty bulk is. Um, a dirty bulk is honestly just like eating you think that just you can eat whatever you want without with any regard to without regard to like what the calories where they're coming from you just are like pizza cookies eat out all the time yep yeah yeah and and then just like oh more food equals more gains but that's that's to a awesome. to a I know. Unfortunately, <laughs> there there is a limit that exists okay, on how so much you can build. I want to backtrack a little bit and ask you a question. So you your coach said to you, okay, we're gonna do this and we're planning from 2015 to 2018. Okay. So most women here are three years and they're like, that is too long. Yeah. But as competitive as you are and your sites and for whatever reason you have this incredibly like clear, like this is what I want type thing. Yeah. Like you wanted number one. So you're like, okay, so three years, I can do three years. So how did you go from in that like three year window? First of all, did you have any body dysmorphia from being like super lean, even from your first two shows? And then also how did you mentally get to a place where your coach is like, Hey, let's gain a bunch of weight. And you're like, okay, like, I would love to know like your headspace on that. And, and, and was it like non-consequential for you? Where you are like, yeah, I want it. I'm going to do it. And like, it didn't, it didn't, 
it didn't seem scary to you? Yeah. (laughs) Or did it seem terrifying and you had this method that you worked through? I would love to hear about that. Well, I think um, I'm very big on goal setting. I think having an athlete mindset is like, all right, we have the Pac-12s in, you know, eight months. So we have to train and get ready to taper. So I think I've always kind of operated in cycles of knowing that that's the way things work. It's not just Ah, brilliant. It's not just like, this is how it happens. And so I've always kind of, yeah, periodized my training for a goal. And so um, I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was like, okay, well, it's the same thing. And I, and when I kind of discovered, I was like, okay, well, I want to get first place, but I don't want to take steroids. So okay, then it has to be this way. Um, and I basically, my goal for the longest time was like, how can I become an I, a natural IFBB pro in the NPC? Like I really wanted to become, get my pro card in the NPC as a natural athlete. And so that was like just my goal. I just put the carrot there and I was like, that's the goal. Um, but you know, to kind of backtrack, you know, I definitely struggled a lot with, uh, body image issues, um, body dysmorphia, even, uh, disordered eating for a very long time. It's not something I've very publicly shared, but I've realized that I do it when I share it with my clients that I actually, a lot of people have this issue. Um, I definitely struggled with bulimia for, uh, a little while, like a little bit in high school. I just like, okay, well, I got to be skinny and, uh, you know, I, I have to go running. And so if I had like a brownie, I would like spit it out immediately, or I would Mm -hmm. feel like I had to go and purge. And so I think, um, when I realized that was actually like a really common thing, um, I was like, Oh, okay. Like maybe I will talk about it more. Maybe I will share that I struggled with some, I don't necessarily think that I had an eating disorder because it was like very, like if I overate, it wasn't like everyday situation, but it was just, I know that it was disordered, but I wouldn't say that I had an eating disorder and I'm not, I mean, I'm not a, I can't clinically diagnose that, but, um, you know, I think, bodybuilding helped that. And it also, it was like a double-edged sword. Like, I think it really like taught me a lot about nutrition and like fueling my body for performance. And that like, you want these, you want to eat, you know, you want to, how can you make the most out of these calories? How can you eat a lot of food? And then at the same time, I think it also, uh, because it's, it's restrictive in nature for being in a deficit, you know, it kind of like made that kind of rear its ugly head. Like if I was like so hungry and I wanted to eat something, then, uh, you know, I would be how to have it and then feel that kind of urge. And so it was like, it definitely fixed it and, and brought it up a couple times for me, I think, especially Absolutely. in a deficit, you know? Um, but as far as like my relationship with the scale, it was, like I said, very much like my mom's influence, bless her heart. Like she didn't know again, my grandma's influence, bless her heart. She didn't know, but it was like, you always have to weigh this number. Like I remember even in college, like I had this calendar on this, like, yeah, just like, you know, a paper calendar that you put up on your back or door with like a cute cat or something. (laughs) Um, I remember like weighing in daily. And if the number was ever over, like, I think one thirty at the time, like I'd be like, well, you're not going to eat. You're not going to eat that today. Like you're going to just like cut back on your food. And my, my roommate and I, at the time we had this, like, we had this sweet treat ca- like thing on our calendar. We're like only allowed one bowl of special chocolate special K per day. Like we had these, like stupid <gasps> oh. little things that we, you know, we would do just because we didn't know. Yeah. And um, anyway, so my relationship with the scale is like, okay, if it's over, you know, one thirty, then like, just don't eat as much, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe go for a run after practice kind of a situation. And then, um, yeah. And then if it was under that, like, okay, like then I can have what I want. Yeah. And 
you know, we know that like your body weight is going to fluctuate within a range. And the more that you weigh, the actually the bigger the range that's going to be. So, um, I didn't realize at the time, Oh, I, you know, I've just swam like hella, you know, or like whatever. So my, my weight's going to be different. So my relationship with the scale has definitely been disordered in the past. Like it was very much like, uh, okay, it's high, bad, low, good. And I think the, the best thing that again, with the coach was that like, encouraged the daily weigh-ins and like got me to be objective about what that number was actually telling me and understanding Mm -hmm. the fluctuations. And, um, I think embracing, yeah, just understanding that like, Hey, it's, it's going to take, um, your scale is going to go up and down. It's, it's going to be up 50% of the time and it's going to be down 50% of the time. So if you can acknowledge that and accept that that's what it's going to do and you understand why those fluctuations and you can be objective about it. It, uh, it's really helpful. I think it can be very helpful. I think when, it, uh, when it comes to coaching clients as well, I think in social media, there's like two camps. They're like F the scale, you know, don't ever <laughs> yourself, um, like throw it in the bin. And then on the other side, it's like weigh yourself every day. And I think that there can be like a happy medium of yes. like, Hey, um, there's lots of tools to, you know, it's, it's just a tool in the tracking progress thing. Um, if we do have specific goals, it is very helpful to know what your weight is actually doing. And so if you're game, like with my current clients, like I'll encourage them to weigh at least three times a week, because like one day, one data point is just a number two is just gives you a line, but three gives you a trend. Mm. And so I kind of help, you know, they can help us like be objective. Like, I don't want you to weigh in if you're not feeling if, if you're feeling some type of way, don't get on the scale that day. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you are open to, um, yeah, just being objective about it and you want to see what's going on and you actually want to challenge like the narrative you've told, you've told yourself or you've been told your whole life, then, um, yeah, let's, let's do something different because what you've been doing isn't working, you know? Well, totally. I love, love the way you broke that down and even giving yourself grace for like half the time I might see the number and be like, eh, it's just a number. Like I'm going to use this as data. And the other half of the time you might be like, well, this makes me doubt absolutely everything (laughs) (laughs) and like be willing to kind of support yourself through that as well. Cause like, yeah, yeah. motions can be 50, 50 too. You could be like doing everything absolutely perfectly and the number would still be up. Yep. Uh, I just wrapped up a, well, I'm still kind of in the, the I'm going to do, I'm extending my fat loss phase by a week because of plan changes. But, you know, um, I, I, I've been following my plan like perfectly and then the, the scale still like was up one day and I was like, okay. Well, um, you know, if, if anyone is listening to this and likes to track their weight, you know, a free app that I would highly not sponsored at all, but I recommend downloading is called the happy scale. It talks a lot about uh, when you initially downloaded, it, it just kind of explains that in that process of like the number is going to be up and it's going to be down. But if you can plot and see your trend line and, you know, see the, the data points, it's really cool to see um, just the natural fluctuations of being a human being. I feel like that's been super helpful for me. Like I have been tracking daily weight for probably about two years now. And it's so fascinating to really see your trends, like Mm -hmm. definitely paying a little bit higher on a Monday because I come off the weekend. I'm not as good with my water. Definitely not like making fiber my best friend during the weekend. (laughs) And at the same time, it's like, I love seeing my spikes during my cycle too. It's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, like you don't just totally suck. Like you automatically trend about three up four up around this window and it's coming down the chute, right? Like get ready, right? Maybe throw a pad in your bag right? yep. or, yeah, or a seriously. tampon, be prepared. Seriously. So it's interesting how like when you do look at the data objectively, it literally is just data. Yeah. Like it doesn't tell me anything about myself. It's not mm-hmm. like a Ouija board, which like sends me in a direction. It's just <laughs> it's information. Not, yeah. It's not like some sort of grade or assessment on like 
how on your discipline or how, how worthy you are or anything like that. Okay. So let's fast forward to this three years and this gaining cycle and like, and building. So how did that all work out? Yeah. I think it was, again, the, it, the, this phrase like clicked for me, like muscle isn't weightless. Like for when my coach was like, yeah, but I was like, I'm, I'm really scared of gaining weight. He's like, but muscle weighs something. I was like, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it was so simple, but I was like, okay, like that makes sense. And then right, I, but we have uh, so many women and clients who are like, we can, I just trade it like here ocean. I'll give you a pound of fat for a pound of muscle. Can we just like Pokemon yeah. card it? Or, or like, just, <laughs> yeah. Or just assuming that like this scale tells you anything about your body fat. Like yeah, exactly. it, it doesn't <laughs> it tells you the gravitational pull on your human body. <laughs> in that current yeah. moment in time. Yep. But, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I think so that being able to understand like, okay, the scale is going to go up. I want to, I want to build muscle. What's the price tag, the scale going up. Yeah. <laughs> and I think being able to really focus on uh, performance-based goals in that as well. Like we, I definitely followed like more of a power building style of training. I love, I think being an athlete mindset, I love lifting heavy. And, uh, so, you know, I just got strong as shit and for like three years and I just focused on, um, building a lot. Yeah. Just building muscle, tracking my training, eating food. Um, and I think, you know, not, not being in a deficit. Like, I think that was the big thing of like, not anticipating, like I'm going to be dieting in soon, you know, I'm gonna, but I'm actually just, there's no, there's, I mean, I, I have an idea of like when I kind of want to transition into something, but for the most part, it's, there's no end limit and just focusing on performance was, it's kind of that simple, you know? Agreed. We spent like about probably two, two and a half years. Um, when we first joined CrossFit, like neither of us did any kind of deficit and it was probably the most like blissful time of life. Totally. Like when you remove that off the table and you're just like performance and Mm -hmm. figuring this out and getting into Oli and getting into gymnastic movements and working on performance and what your body can do more than what it looks like. It really is this incredibly magical place that I don't think enough women visit because they're so focused on aesthetics or what they weigh that they miss out on this whole blissful piece of time. When, when you remove a deficit or a, a fat loss phase, it's like the whole world opens up. Oh Imagine my gosh. That. <laughs> well, yeah. Nothing quite compares to the first time you're, you count macros and go to maintenance and you're like, yeah, this is, this is how much I was supposed to be eating all along. Like my like, whole life. Yeah. <laughs> this is, well, this is crazy. I think that's the thing too, is that, you know, for me, it was like getting permission, like not, I mean, I was paying this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, I was like, can I have permission? You know, like I, I wasn't even asking for it, but like what I was wanting, he kind of gave permission for was like, Hey, you, what, these are what your goals kind of cost. Um, you know, I'm giving you permission to really just focus on this phase of your life. And I'm going to hold you accountable and check in with your, your training and your performance during that period of time. And, uh, yeah. So that was like 2000, end of 2015, 2016, 2017. And then I actually ended up getting engaged in 2017, which was really cool. My husband proposed like during the solar eclipse. Cause it was like oh. total totality here for when we I were thought like, you were going to say total eclipse of the heart in just one second. Yeah. Sorry. That was, I was really excited <laughs> for that. Um, so yeah, I got engaged and then I think my, uh, goals in life kind of transition. It was like no longer like, well, in that process, I kind of realized I was like, maybe like, I don't, want to compete anymore. Like maybe that was a bit extreme, you know, like I kind of just like the idea of like doing that deficit again, kind of like makes me 
ugh, like get yeah. me this icky feeling. And so um, I just kind of shifted my focus to more of like lifestyle based and uh, focusing more on like, yeah, just, I just, I had actually accomplished like all the muscle building I had wanted to in that point. Like I got super jacked, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, then I was just like, well, maybe I don't want to diet to be that lean again. Like that doesn't, that didn't feel good. I didn't like the, the, that it kind of reared some heads with disordered eating in the past. Like I'm in such a great place right now. Like maybe I didn't need to do that again. And, um, I think that's kind of where like sustainably jacked has been born for me was that like, maybe, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, your body is always going to take some level of effort to maintain. It's not just like, Hey, I've arrived and I'm, and I'm there, but I think being able to (laughs) totally, yeah, but it it takes, um, you know, it's going to take several periods, like years of intentional muscle building, at least for six months of a time. And then, you know, periodizing in a phase of fat loss, like, you know, eight to 15 weeks, you could potentially go a little bit longer, but then I would argue that you hadn't probably been, it just depends on who's there, but I would say, you know, eight to 15 weeks is a great timeline. And then back into, you know, at least double, if you, if you deficited for three to four months, double that for the build that you're going to do. You know, what I love about what you said is that you basically, you had a goal, you, you know, you mentioned earlier that you had this carrot that you put up there and then life happened and you decided I don't want it anymore. Yeah. And I really feel like I wish women would understand that. Like you can pivot anytime. They're your goals. You are not required to see every single thing through. If you decide that it's not worth it for you, you yeah. know, we hear the phrase, like, is the juice worth the squeeze a lot? And I think that that most people feel like shame if they don't finish it or see it through. But that's something that we kind of discovered this last year. It's like, you're okay to, you're allowed to pivot at any time because a number one, not only is it your life and you're the one that has to do the work, but it's, there's something cool about getting to a point and being like, I don't want it anymore. And I'm totally okay and good with that. I mean, that's not to say that, you know, you might not want to have the Olympia in like six years or from now or eight years from now, like it might, the bug might catch you again. But what I love is that you, you know, you got engaged, you're in a different part of your life. It was, you know, two to three years after, that, um, initial bodybuilding competition. And you're like, I'm actually good. Yeah. Like, like you, how cool to feel like I'm good. Yes, totally. Well, and to, and to like do that check-in with yourself and to prioritize how you feel. Like I know what it's going to take to go to, you know, to go into this deficit or to, or to compete again. That's just not where I'm at. And, and like honoring that instead of we is, I just feel like Matt, you said it perfectly. I mean, and I'm sure you feel the same emotion that we just find so many women who beat themselves up with their own goals. It's just like, it's, it's not supposed to be something, it's supposed to be something inspiring to you to like add quality to your life. Not something you like flog yourself with, remind yourself of all the things you're not. Yeah. I I think it's almost like I kind of went full circle for myself. Like, I think I, my whole life was like focused on like performance-based and like swimming and like doing Olympic trials, like all of that stuff. And then it kind of was like, okay, well I've got the performance piece of it. And then, but I don't look the way that I want to look for that. So what does that take? That was like opening a whole can of wow for myself, like nutritional education, periodizing my nutrition, like, you know, a lot of like things that I actually already knew, but like, just like the more in-depth of those. And then, as I kind of did the aesthetic thing, I was like, well, that's not making me happy either. Like that is not great. And so back up to performance. And then it was kind of like having a bit of both worlds. And so I just kind of feel like 
you know, my initial actual goal for getting into the aesthetic side of like lifting, it was very, I was very vanity based, like very aesthetics. Um, and I think that's still cool. Like I, I love still looking jacked. I still value my aesthetics, but I think going through all of it kind of realized like it was maybe, I mean, it's cool, but like, it's not, there's more to life than just like looking jacked and being lean. Cause it, how does it feel, you know? And, and yes. what does that look like? And so I think now I've kind of got to this point where like, yeah, I started it for, for aesthetics, but I realized it was actually, it wasn't about either or it was kind of having both. Well, and I don't think it's a, I don't think, not that relationships solve all your problems or anything, but I don't think it's a coincidence that you sort of had this feeling sort of change around the time that you met your husband, because there's something about having a relationship with, that has some unconditional acceptance that sort of shines, like it makes you more aware of how you used to feel, you know, like you said, when you were in your first competition, you were like, you got to this ultimate leanness, but it wasn't, it didn't satisfy, like you paid more attention to the aesthetics than how you felt. Right. right? Cause that's like, I think a lot of times the water we swim in of just like, ignore how you feel, do the things that, that you need to accomplish outside of yourself to like, tell yourself you're good enough. But then you, you get into a relationship where like, there's no more performing. There's no more you know, it's not about what you can provide or do or whatever. It's like, it's, you're valued for who you are. And then all of a sudden you're like, maybe all these other conditions that I've set for myself are up for reevaluation as well. Right. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it, it, it is like a, it's a, it's a lifelong like learning process and like you, you know, okay. Like I always talk to, I do this, like a self check-in and being, I always encourage my clients to be good self coaches. Like each week, like, what do, you know, what do I want to keep doing? Like what's working really well for me right now? Um, what do I want to stop doing? Like what, what's not feeling great? Like what are, what's coming up for me? And then also, uh, what do I want to start doing? Like, what do I want to lean more into? And I think kind of being a good self coach each week and asking yourself, like, you know, uh, there's, I mean, there's so many elements like, you know, uh, with, with people doing like muscle building phases or like thinking about doing it, you know, you can always do fat loss. You've, you've tried that, you know, how's that working for you? You know, like, why don't you try something else? Because, and I, and I promise that, yes, it's scary, you know, but it also, the, the pros kind of outweigh the cons. I think when you kind of make a pros and cons list, it's very much like, okay, increased training performance, um, so much more food, food for flexibility. Um, your sleep is really good. You know, uh, yeah, you just, there's, there's more life, you know, there's yes. more life there. And, and the cons, I mean, really it's like, temporarily, if you, you can interject that temporarily, not as lean as you want to be. Yeah. There's going to be some more cellulite, but everybody has that. I've always had that. And, um, you know, potentially like expanding your wardrobe of clothes for a little while. But again, you know, when you can shift your focus to what you do have versus what you don't have. And, you know, I, I think that's like the best thing someone can do in a muscle building phase. Totally. So let's talk as someone who has actually done it multiple times, like you've done multiple building phases, multiple deficit phases, like tell us like really realistically from like a timeline standpoint, like what does it actually really take to recomp, build, change your physique, become sustainably jacked? Like I would actually argue that like you and Heidi are both sustainably jacked. Like what does that take? Because I think women think, oh, I can do a bunch of HIIT workouts and become sustainably jacked. Mm -hmm. And depending on your, your genetics, 
you can like sculpt or create some things, but like really truly like creating a shape and, and, you know, whether it's building a booty, like having a jacked upper back, having great delts, quads, hammies, like the whole shebang, like let's talk about like what it really takes, like from a time perspective and like from a gain perspective, like I think a lot of women are like, can I do this all in maintenance? It's like, okay, <laughs> well, like if you're a newbie, sure. Or if you want to put in like four to five years and maybe get kind of close, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's also spending the time and putting in the time in and putting the carrot really up there, like you mentioned. And it's just like, we're just going to go for it and take weight loss off the table, which I think a lot of people just don't even know how to do. Mm-hmm. Like always like a back of the mind thing. Like, oh wait, when's that weight loss phase coming? When's it, when's yeah. it, when's it, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, if someone was like truly interested in building muscle, I think the biggest thing is honestly the expectations. Like the first thing is just kind of setting the expectation that like this is going to take a while. Um, so when I work with clients, like I have a six month minimum, but most of the people that I work with, you know, it's for a year, a year and a half. And that's not because like, like you should work with me for that long. It's really because I think it takes that long. Definitely. Um, you know, I think being able to actually go through seasons of, uh, the seasons with someone is really helpful because it is easy to stick to a plan for six weeks, for 12 weeks, you know, it is whatever, even six months, like it's relatively easy, but what happens when life hits the fan? Cause it will. Oh boy. You know, how do we, yeah, biggest, biggest con of like the world is when everyone's like, I have a totally clear schedule for the next six months. You're like, so you live in a, in a cave with zero influence around you Seriously. and nothing. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I think, so. I, you know, I think being able to work with people through, you know, a, uh, usually I kind of build like a foundational phase of like, Hey, let's, let's figure there are people like, I want to be here. I want to be there. I'm like, okay, I love that. Like we can get there, but like, where are you? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and also like, like having a strong why is great, but can you feel okay through the process or is it, are you holding your breath until like, you know, some certain body fat percentage? I mean, you've got to be like, to your point, I mean, it takes even, even just neurologically, like when you're lifting heavy, like you have to give your nervous system time to adapt as you lift heavy, let alone like your brain training of like, I can do this. I like this and redefining yourself from somebody who hasn't, who, who, you know, hasn't been as athletic or hasn't pushed themselves as hard. Like you're redefining yourself as you go through this process as well. Well, I think what's interesting too, is like you have women who like always kind of like default to this like fat loss phase. Like, Oh, I want to reveal all this muscle I built, but it's like the reality of it is unless you've spent like at least six months minimum lifting with intelligent programming. And we're talking about like, not just anything that includes weights, like five pound, you know, weights are not going to get you to like this, like sustainably jacked place. Like actually raises, that's all you can do. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Okay. Lateral raises only. Right. But it's like, it takes a pretty specific workout stimulus to actually build muscle. And I think that's important. Like people need to get curious about that. But then also like, like what does it take? Yeah, like, like you said earlier, yeah, what does yeah. it take? like spending the time to actually do it. And then also realizing that you have no idea when your biceps going to pop, like oh really, gosh, like totally, you can do all the things. It's not like weight loss where you're like, create a calorie deficit, step on the scale, create a calorie deficit, step on the scale. And like your trends or your measurements, like start to show up pretty quickly. If, if you're doing something, I mean, faster than muscle building is what I'm trying to say. not yes. like, obviously like I've dieted for a day and I've lost 30 pounds. Like we're not talking about that, <laughs> but you have no idea focusing on, you know, focusing on the process and not outcomes, but then it's also like, what is the process? Because, you know, like sometimes like in fat loss, if someone's like, okay, well, I've been doing this for, 
you know, three to four weeks and I'm not seeing progress. Well, there is a problem if you're not seeing progress. In right. three to four yeah. Weeks. And you can adjust to such. Yes. Right. And, and we want you to trust yeah. the process, but not blindly. Right. <laughs> right. And then in a muscle building phase, it's like that is ex- the same thing, but extrapolate that, right? Like, it's like, okay, there is a process. Like there is a, the more specific, the goal, the more specific, the process, I think muscle building is a specific goal and being able to, you know, understand like first know where you're at make sure that like all of your baseline things are checked out, like biofeedback, sleep, Yes. What's your training performance. And I think dieting history, protein, all the, yes. Yeah. I would, I would say that like, you know, yes, you know, training performance, your training is like definitely a a leg to stand on, you know, but like, I think that like food is like, uh, the driver of hypertrophy, you know, like if you don't, if you don't have a solid foundation with your food, then you're not going to be able to, you can't totally, you can't build anything without materials. Right. So dial in the, the the biggest thing is like the food and the foundational habits. And most people don't have those in place. So you have to dial in those first and get comfortable with unpacking trauma of the scale and all these other things. And then you can be like, okay, cool. Like if someone's like coming to me initially, we would, my biggest focus is them to like recombat maintenance, getting mm-hmm. that. But if, if you're like, okay, cool. Like I've done that. I've, I've laid the foundation. What's next now? Like, how do I do this? So it's being able to like, the biggest thing too, is like knowing, okay, I'm periodizing my training. So I would say like, if your goal is truly like rooted in muscle building, you know, focusing on neurological training and hypertrophy training, mostly hypertrophy training. If the goal is building muscle strength and hypertrophy, like do there is some overlap, obviously, if you're getting stronger, you're building muscle, but you know, in that six to 20, 30 rep range. So, you know, training close to failure. And that's the biggest thing I would want to say is that I truly like not to sound like holier than thou, but like, I don't think people know how to train properly. I don't think totally really understand like, Oh, it hurts. Like totally. More totally, and like okay. not warming up properly, not doing like not doing warm up sets, like not even under. I feel the exact same way. Like I, I think before we went to CrossFit and had some different perspective on how to lift heavy. I think my back squat was like seventy pounds or something like that. But I like tripled that in a year because I had no idea what my starting place should be. Right. Yeah. The, the, the warmth to working sets, understanding like auto regulation. And that like, again, like just like the scale fluctuates, like your energy fluctuates, like, so meeting yourself where you're at with your training, you know, I would say the biggest thing is like, have the fuel to train yourself, have a structured program in place. It doesn't honestly need to be this like super like nitty gritty thing, but like have some, some sort of continuity with your programming with that. You, you like, you're doing the same workout, like eight times at least, you know, six to eight times. And the goal is essentially like, you know, progressing like week to week, like, okay, last week I did, you know, I had a date and it felt like this. And then how can I match or beat that performance? And basically just doing that again. And, you know, you don't have to have, you could literally like build muscle with like 10 exercises. Totally. It like doesn't need, it does. Yes. And nobody likes to hear that because they want to think that the 9,000 things that they're doing gets them the results. And right. while it'll get them some form or variation of it, right. really it's like, like anything, just like nutrition, it's like almost the simpler, the better, mm-hmm. and the more consistent you're at it, the better your results. Yep. Instead of changing it up a million times, it's like, you know, like it is fun. Like CrossFit <laughs> is fun. Those things are fun, but they're, but they're not but optimal specific hypertrophy based programming. They are not right with progressive overload. Right. It's like, 
in, in hair, like people like to buy different products all the time, you know, different shampoos, different styling aids. Like I got 17 underneath my sink and we're always like, just pick one set to use <laughs> to see if it even works. And it's kind of like that with exercise. It's like, everyone's trying to use like 17 different root boosters and they don't know which one works. It's like, <laughs> you want the volume, you got to just try one and, and then move to the next, right? It's, 17 it's, different root boosters. I'm just saying people love hair products. It's true. And then you're like, you don't know which ones work. Yeah. Same kind of thing. I think having like, you know, so tracking your food or having like some sort of nutritional awareness, the biggest thing is, you know, I would say is like, are you eating enough protein and are you eating enough total calories? Um, are you, do you have a structured training program? Are you tracking your lifts consistently over time? And are you getting stronger over time with those lifts? So if that means like downloading an app or, you know, uh, I think the biggest thing too, is like, there are so many awesome, like free programs out there. Like, you know, you don't have to like figure out a training program for yourself. Like try to, I mean, you can go to bodybuilding.com. Um, I think uh, Jordan lips actually just launched a coaching program. I'm going to be launching a training program <gasps> Ooh, yeah. in the next month. So that's pretty exciting, but you know, you don't have to like, as far as like the training goes, like something that has you in the gym, like three to five days a week, I would say for most people maybe listening to this podcast, like it can be just three days a week, you know, um, of like a, a very intentional, like strength hypertrophy based program where you're doing good warm-up sets, you're taking yourself close to failure within that. And then you're doing that workout, that same workout, like four to eight weeks in a row and then rest. So you work hard and you rest hard. So I think that's the biggest thing is that I think that people, you know, they're in the gym five, six, seven days a week. I'm like, bro, like, how are you doing that? It's, it's you know. well, and if you're doing that, then you're not working hard enough, mm -hmm. honestly, well, because yeah. you really want those rest mm -hmm. days. <laughs> no, you, or you're like a rage monster, or or like narcoleptic, or you've got, really good, or you've got really good pre workout. <laughs> you actually, if you think about it, you only actually like make the progress like when you're resting, like ah, recovery. Whole, whole, yeah, when you're lifting, you're causing all of this damage, and you know you when you take your days off, like that's actually when you're building the muscle. And yeah. so getting back into that again too, like should I people are always like majoring in the minors, you know, like, should I eat less on my rest days? I'm like, no, no, you, you don't want to be doing that. <laughs> you want to be eating a lot of food. You know, you want to be prioritizing rest. You want to be structuring your training. You want to be training close to failure. Most of the time, not to failure either. They're not doing all these like crazy hit workouts. It's like, again, going the basics, you know, basics. Yeah. And if you want like a return on your investment, like actually take the time to figure out kind of like what you said in the very beginning, like, what does it take for me to have this? Yes. And then stick to that and see it through. Yes. And like really educating yourself, building your knowledge base and, and not, I mean, I've done it too, but not just looking at like a Pinterest workout with a girl with like rock hard abs and being like, Oh, I'll just do what she does. And then I'll look like that, you know, but actually getting to getting to understand what are the basic principles at work and, um, yeah, optimizing your effort. And working to create like the best version of you, like, mm -hmm. you know, full circle, it really comes down to like, you know, you mentioned like, why did I get second place? Like, why didn't I get first? It's like, you might not ever know, but like, that was a first place version of yourself at that time, regardless. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we all need to kind of remember that, like, whatever you're going to do, like look to work like the best version of you. And it's yes. not going to be like a 30 day program, a shred program from somebody, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I'm obviously biased here, but I think that the best thing that anybody could do in their fitness journey is um, investing in like an evidence-based coach and like someone to support them through their process. Like the totally. year of time or like six months of time, like whether it be like any sort of like coach that you just like vibe really well with and like, you know, uh, do that 
like that six months of time literally will change the trajectory of your whole life in the best way possible. Like imagine just like thinking about like not thinking about those things all the time. You know, one of the questions I ask people who want to work with me is like, what's in the back of your mind all day. A lot of them say like, what am like just stuff that like, there's more to life than that. You know, I feel so bad that you're feeling that way that you are stressed about all those things all the time when there is so much more that you can put your brain power towards other things, you know? And like, imagine just not like you could be in completely different place a year from now, if you just decided to make, you know, the lean, lean into something else. Totally. And like, even though, even though a lot of the times we use weight loss to distract ourselves from more profound feelings of like unworthiness and stuff like that. And sometimes taking that off the table, like being in maintenance or those kinds of things can bring up those, bring up those kinds of issues. Like you were talking about trauma and childhood stuff or whatever. Like if you're not working on your body, what are you doing? You know, like, who are you to feel good about yourself? All that stuff can really come up, but that's, that's the stuff that's standing between you and living a peaceful, happy life. That's the stuff sitting between you and confidence. And a lot of times between you and fat loss or whatever it is, your goal is. So really like, that's, that's the stuff, you know, understanding like the time's going to pass anyway, your body's going to change anyway. Is it, do you want it to be in a way that you want it to be or not? You know? Um, And I think being able to be like, just being an active participant in your own life of understanding that like, this is my vessel. Like I'm taking care of me. Cause yes. I, you know, I think the biggest thing was like, I got into it because of aesthetics and, uh, then I kind of went back into like, Oh, it's because of performance. And now I'm like, dude, like I want to be strong and jacked for life. Like I, yeah. you know, lifting translates into so many areas of my life. And coincidentally, I can look Jack doing, you know, all of those things. Well, totally. And like to growing old gracefully, right? <laughs> like we're all, we're all, we're all getting older every day and weightlifting is the best insurance for like being able to live a strong, healthy life. Yeah, right? Whatever gets you into it. Like if you want to go in for aesthetics, you'll find out that it completely benefits your life in so many more ways totally. than just how you look for sure. And totally. Yeah. Well, and the three of us know that it's like, yeah, even though maybe fat loss and building muscle might go under the category of like vanity goals, quote unquote, like there's so much self-discovery and self-empowerment that comes within the process. It's like, it's, it's, it goes a lot deeper than that. And, totally. You know, underneath it, there's just so much more. And I think if you can, yeah, work with someone or like, you know, not even, you don't even have to work with someone, but like surround yourself with like that environment. Like, what are, what are you absorbing? Like, yes. please do not listen to the Kardashians or anything like that for your <laughs> workout advice. You know, like that's just a no, like anything <laughs> that says, take this tea or drink this thing, like run in the opposite direction as fast as you can. Totally. Man, I love all, all of all that you, so we'll close, but like, and I definitely want everyone to, you to tell everyone where to find you, but you know, you said something, you said like lean into something else. And I think it's interesting, like, you know, there's always this like lean chasing, right. But it's like, could you imagine if you just kind of like redirected that, like chasing ultimate leanness into like a different format, it really would provide you with something else Absolutely. that you'd never even discovered before. So yep. man, that was so awesome. And thanks for sharing all Ocean, the things. Seriously. Thank you. It. Like it was so fun to have you. I so fun to finally, you know, chat, with yeah, you chat it out. <laughs> All right. So ocean trail sustainably Jack, tell everyone where to find you. Uh, you can find me. I'm mostly going to be on Instagram. Uh, handle is ocean dot trail. <laughs> and, uh, you can also check out my website. It's I evolve fitness.com. Uh, and, um, I'll be launching a, uh, 
group progressive strength training, hypertrophy, look jacked training program um, yes. this month or so, which I'm pretty excited about. And yeah, I'm mostly on the gram. And so if you're there, if you, if you listen to this, come by, drop me a DM. I try to do Q and A's. I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> you are awesome. And your hair is so epic, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it just suits, so suits you. I know. Totally. Okay. Good. Thank Thanks. you so much for your time. All right. Bye.